Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, May the 26th, 2023. It is currently 6.33 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. As a Christian, do you desire to be holy? As a Christian, do you find yourself pursuing holiness? Do you find yourself feeling guilty when you're doing that which is wrong? You feel guilty when you're thinking the wrong thing, desiring the wrong thing, wanting the wrong thing? Do you, do you, do you constantly find yourself in a battle and a struggle because you know, I'm, I'm going to pursue godliness. I'm going to pursue holiness. I'm going to pursue a, you know, a, close relationship, a close fellowship with God? Are you constantly pursuing that, feeling guilty or feeling the struggle of not achieving that? And now it, I, I hope that you can say, yes, I, I have felt that. I struggle with that. I want that. I, I would hope most Christians can say, yes, I want to live holy. I don't. I struggle. I'm all, you're always thinking about that. Now, as you think about this struggle, thinking about wanting it, desiring it, as you think about that, if you were to try to summarize, right, like a simple way, how do you as an individual, practically, not positionally, because positionally we are holy, we are perfect, we're in right relationship with God, we are obedient because of imputed righteousness, but in a practical way, if someone was to come to you and they they knocked on the door. Hey, 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 I know, I know, I know it's, I know it's Memorial Day weekend. I know you're busy. You're probably grilling in the backyard and maybe you're, you know, you're getting in the, I'm sorry to bother you, but can we talk for a few minutes? And you're like, okay, all right, everyone, y'all go ahead with the activities. I got to talk to this person. And, and you, you, you take them to your study. You take them, I don't know, to the, wherever, wherever the room is in the house. And they say, man, look, it's Memorial Day weekend and I'm just, I'm struggling. I want to be more godly. I want to be more holy. I want to, I want to be a better Christian. Tell me, how do you do it? What do you do? Well, what advice would you give them? You would say, well, here's what you have to do. Would you say, read your Bible more, go to church more, join a small group, get an accountability partner, you know, what, what would you, uh, pray, uh, fast, uh, don't sleep. <laughs> what, what would you tell them to do? What is the secret to pursuing and growing and holiness, becoming more Christ-like? What is the secret? Now, I feel that for 2,000 years, Christians have tried to find the secret, try to come up with a formula, try to, try to say, here it is. And every, and, and every once in a while, a book will come out. You know, this is the book you need. This will transform your life. Pastors preach sermon series. You make sure you're here for the next six weeks and this will transform your life. And, and, and everyone seems to have the trick, the secret. But over and over and over, you look at Christian lives and guess what? There's sin, there's failure, there's sin. We, we talked about kind of a hypothetical way. We had a little bit of fun earlier today in a live broadcast where I suggested maybe, maybe the answer is we need a, you know, a, a, an implant in our brain. We need Elon Musk Neuralink. So that we need that placed in our brain and then we can overcome all the things that keep us from being holy and righteous and godly. Practically speaking. I was a little bit having a little bit of fun with that, but, but I really want to know what is, what is the answer? What is the secret? 
What is the secret to holiness and godliness and righteousness and, and a spiritually victorious life? What is the secret? Now, the reason I'm asking this question is just a little while ago, I was uh, downstairs. I'd been doing some other things just for fun, and I grabbed my iPad, and I sat down on uh, my couch, and I'm like, I just started looking around, and I saw this headline from a Christianity Today article. Christianity Today, I had to log in to be able to access the entire article, right? But uh, Christianity Today, here we go. Christianity Today, here's the headline. Become a shadow of your future self. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw become a shadow of your future self, I almost just scrolled right past the article. I'm like, well, do I want to become the shadow of my future self? What is my future self even going to look like? Like, I kind of just, I didn't give it much thought. Look, accuse me of whatever. I was looking for something that I thought was more interesting. But, but I, I just decided to click on the article mainly because of the uh, the, the the artwork. The artwork has like, it's like an older gentleman walking with a cane, right? It's all foggy. And then there's like, I can't really describe. It's like the shadow, I guess, of, of someone, right? And it just kind of looked cool. The, the artwork caught my attention. I know, I know. I'm just looking at the artwork. I, I know, I know, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm being shallow. Okay. But, but so I, I, I got to click on it. So I clicked on it and I read, okay, become a shadow of your future self. And then, Right underneath that were these words, and this was posted today. Manifesting isn't the answer. Consenting to holiness is. And I stopped and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I don't know what they're talking about in regards to manifesting. I have no idea what they're talking about. But consenting to holiness is the answer. And so then I stopped. And again, not even looking at the article, I just sat there and I started thinking, so the answer to the Christian life, the answer to being holy, the answer to being godly, the answer to spiritual victory is simply to consent to it. All I have to do is like, there is holiness, I consent. And if I consent, boom, I get it. Is that all I have to do? Is I just have to give my consent? Do I sign a form? Do I do I send a text? I know I'm being a little sarcastic, but do I just say in prayer, Lord, I consent to holiness. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, whoa, I'm not feeling the desire to sin. And I love God. And I... I like, do I just have to, what, what does it mean to consent? So I was, I was literally at this point, very curious. So then I started reading these words. Again, Christianity Today article published today. Recent, recently, a psychologist at New York University wondered if young adults were not saving money for the future because they felt like they were putting it away for a stranger. Now, immediately I was like, what in the world does this have to do with consenting to holiness? I need to understand. So, but all right, let, let's, let's play along. All right. So a, a, a psychologist in New York University started going, young people aren't saving for money. I wonder why. Maybe they don't save money because they feel like they are saving money for a future stranger, some future person whom they do not know, some future person that they're not even really acknowledging exists. 
If we can fix that, then dun dun da da, they'll start saving money. So what did they come up with? Well, here, here's what they decided to do. Right. So the uh, psychologist at New York University, here's what they did. They conducted an experiment giving some college students a real mirror and others virtual reality goggles where, with the help of special effects like those used in a movie, they could see a future version of themselves at age 68 or 70. So a group of the, of the students were given a mirror. They could just, they're going to just look at themselves, look at themselves, look at themselves as they are today. Others were giving virtual reality goggles and they are going to see themselves at the age of 68 or 70. I don't know why it's 68 or 70. I don't know. Like that's just, okay. But whatever the parameters are, here's the experiment. So let's say we'll go with, I don't know the breakdown of the numbers, but I'm assuming, you know, two, two different groups. One group, they get mirrors. The other group gets virtual reality goggles. One is going to look at themselves as they are today. The others are going to see themselves when they are 68 or 70. Now, those who saw the older version of themselves in the virtual mirror were willing to put more than twice as much money in their retirement accounts as the students who spent time looking at their younger selves in a real mirror. What, what's more, those who glimpsed their future selves were more likely to complete their studies on time, whereas those who didn't were more likely to blow off their studies. Those who saw their future selves were also more likely to act ethically in business scenarios. That's fascinating. So those who saw their future selves, it changed their behavior. They started saving more money, doing schoolwork on time, and started trying to make more ethical decisions. Those who just looked at themselves in the current state was kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to save any money. I'm not going to do it. I don't know. Like, that is bizarre to me. But here, so here's, now listen. Now, now they're going to try to take this and bring it over to the Christian life recognizing and investing in our future selves is certainly a fruitful practice, but it remains inadequate for those who believe in Christ. When our identity is rooted in the knowledge that we are creatures who were made by God in dazzling, dazzling glory and created with an original core of goodness and beauty, we can live inspired to become the masterpieces God intended. When we ca- catch a vision for who we might become in the future, we can begin to live as that person now. So it seems that what they want us to do is, on one hand, we have to capture, I guess, mentally of what we were created to be, I guess, originally what Adam and Eve were. But then you can say, were they really uh, created to be that way since God knew what was going to happen? All right. Okay. But if we can get a glimpse of our future selves. So I guess it is a saying, if we can, they're saying what we might be. So is this where I stop and go, okay, okay, okay. I got to get a glimpse of what I could be. See, if I live holy today and I live godly today, that's what I will be. Is that the key to holiness? Is to think about what you could be? I, I, I don't know. Let, let's see where they go with this, all right? Here we go. When we can imagine ourselves and both our temporal future and our eternal future, 
we can be inspired towards holiness in our day-to-day lives. So if we can imagine, so they're saying the key here is you imagine what your, well, I'm going to say it this way, that we can, that if you will stop and imagine yourself in your temporal future and your eternal future, you will be inspired towards holiness. So the thing that inspires you towards holiness, according to this article in Christianity Today, is to look to your future, your temporal future and your eternal future. You're like, if I look to my temporal future, what could I be? I'm inspired to holiness. If I look to my eternal future, I'm inspired to holiness. So the key to holiness is we need an inspiration for holiness. And the way to get that inspiration to holiness is imagining what we could be. I don't know. Maybe there's a psychological element to this that's true. I was thinking if I could imagine, like, let's just think, if you could imagine what your, you, your body could look like if you engaged in, I don't know, weight, lifting weights, diet, running, swimming, whatever, do you think that inspires you? In other words, you can't look at what you are that won't inspire you. That just may discourage you. You have to look at what you could be. And if you can imagine what you could be, then you will then be inspired to do the work to get to what you could be. Is that like a psychological game that we play as Christians? If I can imagine what I could be as a Christian, then I will be inspired to do what's necessary to get there. But that would imply that you can get there if you'll just get the right inspiration. I don't know. Let me read that all again. When we can imagine ourselves in both our temporal and eternal future, we can be inspired towards holiness in our day-to-day lives. And in his classic sermon, The Weight of Glory, C.S. Lewis observes, there are no ordinary people. He continues, remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship or else a horror and a corruption such as you, such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. So no matter what a person is today, they're moving to one or two destinations, right? Something so glorious and amazing or something so horrendous and horrific that you would only want to see it in a nightmare. And so we have to imagine the good one, and then we would be inspired towards holiness to achieve the good one. This is very like, just seems, I don't, I don't know about this. All right, let, let's continue. As the theologian N.T. Wright observes, when we think of an older, physically diminished person, we might say they are just a shadow of their former self. But when someone belongs to Christ, we should say they are just a shadow of their future self. If you can envision your future, if you can, if you can envision your future glorious self, you can move towards becoming that person right now, bearing the beautiful image of God in your daily life. So this seems to be putting forth the idea. All you have to do is imagine it, and then you'll be inspired to pursue it. So this almost seems to indicate the way to achieve holiness in the Christian life is that you wake up each day, and here's what you do. You focus on what I could be. I could be holy. I could be godly. 
I could be faithful in my thinking, in my mind, in my desires to God and to others. Now, first, that implies you can. And it, second, it, it, it seems to imply that what should inspire you is what you could become. I, I don't know. Do you think that's a biblical way of thinking? I don't know. But then here's the next paragraph, right? Where I'm really like, I, I, I am, I am, I, I got to work on this next paragraph. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? All right. The next paragraph is consenting to holiness. This is what sparked my whole pursuit of this. All right, here we go. As we grow into the glorious masterpiece of God's imagining, we aren't manifesting our desired reality through positive thinking or embarking on a pull ourselves up by our bootstrap self-improvement project. Okay, so so there's a, this is a mouthful. So let's go through this again, right? Now, it just sounds like they just talked about really imagining it, almost manifesting it, and then achieving it. Now it seems to, to be reversing course a little bit and say, as we grow into the glorious masterpieces of God's imagining, we aren't manifesting our desired reality through positive thinking or embarking on a pull ourselves up by our bootstrap self-improvement project. Rather, we are opening ourselves to be shaped by God's creative, loving hands, inviting him to use whatever tools are necessary to pull away, to chip away, to, to, to move away all our dross. For it is only after we pass through purifying fire, after God chisels, sands, and uh, burnishes us, that we will uh, begin to shimmer with an inner radiance that will cast warmth and light upon everyone around us. Though this creative process is something that God does as an artist, as Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing. We also play a role. Our role is to consent to the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it sounds like that there are two, it, it sound, on one hand, it sounds like two different concepts. One is we, we, met, we manifest it, we imagine it, we think about it, right? And then we will be inspired to pursue it. And then the other is we consent to it. So in some ways, it felt like at least that, that subtitle of this article seems like they're presenting two different approaches to the Christian life. But I think in a roundabout way, they're trying to bring these two together. So it sounds like this is what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm doing a lot of paraphrasing here and trying to read between the lines. This is a, this is an excerpt from a new book. And, and, and we'll probably do a future podcast about this and go into more in depth. But I just wanted to kind of drop this at your feet so that you can work on this this evening or this weekend. Okay. All right. So let me see if I can try to picture what they're trying to tell us. So here's how it works. I need to stop what I'm doing. Maybe I wake up in the morning I, 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 or maybe it's the end of the night, whenever. I need to find time each day where I stop and imagine what I could be in my temporal future and my eternal future. 
Now, in my eternal future, I guess I'm not imagining what I could be. I would be imagining what I will be, right? Because there'll be no more sin. I'll have no more of a sinful nature. So I, I guess that's what I'm imagining. But in my temporal future, I'm imagining what I could be. So I'm thinking, okay, what could I be? I could be a better Christian. I could be more godly. I could be more faithful. I could be more holy. I could be more dedicated. I could be more disciplined. And if I can really see that, if I can manifest it in my mind, according to this article, then what we'll do is I'll be inspired. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to be that. Now, again, number one, that seems to imply that we can do it, which I, I think maybe there's already a problem. And number two, that inspiration to holiness comes from imagining what I could be. Now, I would ask you, what what should inspire your desire for holiness? What should inspire it? Biblically speaking. But after I've done this kind of imagining it, then what I must do is then I have to realize, hey, I'm not going to be able to achieve this, right? I want it and I'm inspired to pursue it, but I can't ultimately achieve it. So then what I have to do, and I'm going to read from the article again, is we open ourselves to be shaped by God's creative, loving hands, inviting him to use whatever tools are necessary to purge away our dross. Uh, Well, I'll just stop right there. So, So what I have to do is open myself. So I imagine, and then I open myself and say, God, here you go. Whatever you have to do to get me there. Whatever you have to do, I'm open to it. Whatever it may be, pain, suffering, death, disease, tragedy, I'm o- you open yourself for him to purge away, burn away the dross. Okay, and then they go on to say, um, for it is only after we pass through the purifying fire, after God chisels, sands, and burnishes us with that uh, us that we will begin to shimmer with an inner radiance that will cast warmth and light upon everyone around us. So, so we're like, okay, God. So then we have to open ourselves to it. So we have to imagine it to be inspired by it. Then we open ourselves to God do, to do the work. And then this is what they say. Um, Though this creative process is something that God does as an artist, as Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing. We also play a role. We have to play a role. So what is our role? So so we imagine it, we open ourselves to it, and then we have a role. So imagine, open, and then the third, I guess, thing we have to do, and this, and this, this is a sentence, a standalone sentence. They separate it from all the paragraphs. Our role, your role, is to consent to the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. So it, it it almost is the picture that the Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit shows up and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm here to clean. I'm here to clean. I got all my tools. I'm here to clean. I may, it may involve some chiseling, some burning, some purging, but I'm here to clean. And then what I have to do is say, I consent. And if I consent, then the Holy Spirit can do it. Now, if I say, sorry, not, not, not in, not in the mood that the Holy Spirit will just walk away and not, not do it. So this, it is as simple as simply consenting. And then boom, I guess holiness is yours. What do you think about this idea of imagining it to be inspired by it, opening yourself for it and then consenting to it? 
I don't know if that's the steps to, to achieving holiness. I don't know. Now, again, they're talking practical holiness. They're not talking you know, positional holiness, which is given to us by Christ. It's, oh, it's imputed to us by Christ. It's accredited to our account. Now, we will come back to this soon. What I want to do is point you to the book this is taken from. This is the name of the book. All right. The name of the book is Now I Become Myself. How Deep Grace Heals Our Shame and Restores Our True Self. Now I Become Myself. How Deep Grace Heals Our Shame and Restores Our True Self. Um, this is, I guess it was published maybe May 16th, a relatively new book. Now I become myself, how deep grace heals our shame and restores our true self. What we just read was an excerpt from the book. I don't, it sounds like, I don't know what that is. I just don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know. Imagine what you could be that will inspire you to pursue it. Open yourself to it and then consent to the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's, once again, it's, for, it's a formula. It's another formula. I mean, Christians have been giving us formulas for 2,000 years. No one has yet to figure it out. I, I want to say more, but I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place it in your capable hands now, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk to your door and delivery. And I just delivered this, these concepts to you. I want you to pick them up and go, I don't know. What, what do you think is the biblical? And what, 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 what should motivate holiness? Biblically, what, what's the motivation for holiness? Your future self? And then how, what, like the Holy Spirit can't do anything unless I let it? And is it that simple just saying, Holy Spirit, make me holy, and then dun, 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 it happens? All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. We may talk more about this because I'm a little perplexed by its supposed answer, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. See, there you go. I'm always making sure I give you something to think about. I, I don't have any answers right now. I'm still trying to figure it out, but it is something we will definitely consider. All right. Thanks for listening. Continue to have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll probably be back on the air sometime later tonight. Thanks for listening. God bless.